0: It's Friday, July 7th, 2023. Welcome to Episode 60 of the Alameda Postcast, an audio service of the Alameda Post. I'm your host, Scott Peeler. In this edition of the Postcast, the nation's longest 4th of July parade showcased the best of Alameda, but some absences raised questions. Automated license plate readers contribute to another arrest. A new technology promises to make wind energy safer for birds of prey. If you're looking for a new furry friend, this is your weekend. Brian Wu returns to the bay and makes quite the impression, and the Alameda Wolves basketball team remains undefeated. These stories and more on this episode of the Alameda Postcast. Our top story, when a city of 80,000 has a parade and an estimated 60,000 people turn out to watch it while another 2,500 participate in it, that's quite the event. As always, the parade was led by Coast Guard Base Alameda Color Guard, followed by this year's Grand Marshals, Cindy Houts, Executive Director of the Alameda Food Bank, and Christ Episcopal Church's Co-Chair for Social Justice, Elisa Rosera. They were followed by the Mayor, all four council members, and California Attorney General Rob Bonta and State Assembly Member Mia Bonta. There was live music from the Academy of Alameda Parade Band and the Jason Cropper Band, traveling performances by the Food Bank Players, a huge flatbed trailer for Temple Israel, Youth sports such as the Alameda Islanders, Alameda Lacrosse Club, and Vipers Basketball. Participating cultural associations included the Alameda Sister City Association and the Toshon Benevolent Association, while nonprofits such as the Pacific Pinball Museum and Meals on Wheels joined other popular favorites, including Alameda Pride, the Alameda Theater and Cinema Grill, and the Cargo Bike Brigade. There were some newcomers to this year's festivities Island Savoy Market, Doodle Cakes, and the Alameda Post. We're all first-time participants. I had a great time out there meeting so many of you on the route, and I hope everyone enjoyed our call for promo card featuring the cast of characters of two birds from Alameda. Things got a little dicey for us when the battery died in our 1968 Mustang, but we soldiered on. After the parade ended, many on social media wondered about the absence of past year favorites, notably the equestrian and livestock entries. The Post reached out to the city manager's office. Assistant city manager Amy Woldridge responded, quote, Prior to this year's parade, ARPD consulted with several equestrian experts and created a clearer equestrian policy based on the California Horsemen's Association Parade Rules and Ethics. This was done to ensure humane treatment of all horses in the Alameda Fourth of July Parade, as well as safety for parade viewers. All equestrian groups that previously participated in the parade were contacted and provided the updated rules well in advance of the parade. Some groups chose not to participate in the parade. Wooldridge offered further clarification, quote, Rearing of horses, which occurred frequently in previous years, is considered a safety risk for viewers, and ARPD received a report last year that there was a near-miss with a viewer and a rearing horse. It is correct that stallions are no longer allowed in the parade with the new rules. End quote. The equestrian policy is being reviewed and may be revised in the future. Some other favorites also were notable by their absence, namely the Encinal Marching Band and the Sikh Riders. Those absences were due to fatigue and health concerns. For further details on Alameda's cherished tradition, as well as some great pictures of the day, including one of yours truly, check out Adam Gillett's article at alamedapost.com news. The Alameda Police Department had a busy day on the 4th. In addition to their duties related to the parade, there was another arrest made thanks to the recently installed automated license plate reader system. The system flagged an outstanding felony vehicle, which was found attempting to park in the South Shore Center parking lot. Officers made a traffic stop and discovered an illegal handgun and extra ammunition. The vehicle was wanted by another agency in connection with a felony. Look for the story on APD's Facebook page. There is no such thing as a perfect power source. While moving away from fossil fuels is definitely in everyone's best interest, even greener energy sources can have their downsides. In the case of wind energy, one of those downsides is the killing of birds. There is a great debate on just how many birds are lost to wind turbines, and the fact is that other sources, such as buildings and cats, account for a much greater death toll. However, turbines can wreak havoc with the big raptors, which is something cats tend not to do. Fortunately, a new technology has been developed that may reduce the number of fatal bird strikes. The Altamont Pass wind farm area is home to a large population of golden eagles. It's been estimated that the turbines kill 60 federally protected golden eagles a year, along with numerous other birds. The site has been at the center of legal battles, pitting conservation groups against power companies. In 2021, the Audubon Societies of Golden Gate, Mount Diablo, Ohlone, and Santa Clara Valley joined the National Audubon Society in a lawsuit that challenged Alameda County's management of the wind farm. While no one wanted to stop the electric power generation, the organizations did want to see fewer birds killed. The settlement reached as a result of that lawsuit requires the company that operates many of the older, smaller turbines to replace them with fewer, taller, more efficient turbines and to install a new bird detection system, Identiflight. The Identiflight system uses video imaging and AI to identify approaching eagles and stop the turbines before the birds enter the rotor area. There is great incentive for the system to work, as the settlement also declared that if the installation kills more than four eagles a year, the penalty for each subsequent death is $30,000 to East Bay Parks and Recreation, as well as an additional penalty to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. In a similar situation in Wyoming, the Identiflight system was shown to reduce eagle deaths by 80%. For more details on this promising new technology, head to alamedapost.com features. That article will be up on Wednesday. Whenever I have visitors from out of the area, I often tell them that Alameda is the most dog-centric town I've ever seen. They give me a strange look, but then after our first walk around, they say, you weren't kidding. Well, if you're looking for a new four-legged friend, this weekend is a perfect opportunity. The Friends of the Alameda Animal Shelter holding an adoption fair Friday and Saturday, noon to four, right outside the shelter at 1590 Fortman Way. Dog adoptions are over half off the regular fee, and kitten adoptions are two for the price of one. The folks from C-Spot Run will be there with an adoption swag bag and will have a trainer on hand to answer your questions. Foz will reimburse you up to $200 for training expenses. Full details at alamedapost.com features. While you're down that way, stop by Mosley's Cafe on the water at the end of Grand Street. Really one of Alameda's hidden gems. If you've walked or run along the shoreline trail, there's a pretty good chance you might have encountered our newest contributor as she ran by. Lena Jones is an avid runner and created a Mother's Day running event this year. She'll be writing a monthly running column for us, which will be published on the second Tuesday of the month. For her first entry, Lena celebrates returning to running after childbirth and offers some tips for anyone looking to get back to it after any kind of life-changing experience, be it having a baby, recovering from an injury, or just getting up off the couch. Look for Lena's debut column this Tuesday at alamedapost.com features. Last Monday, Alameda's own Brian Wu returned to the Bay Area as the starting pitcher for the Seattle Mariners as they faced off against the Giants at Oracle. He went six innings, marking his longest outing since being called up to the bigs. He allowed two earned runs on three hits and two walks with seven strikeouts. The runs came in the fourth inning as Giants catcher Blake Sable connected for a 407-foot two-run dinger. Sable had quite the night, driving in all five San Francisco runs. Brian was credited with a quality start, meaning at least six innings pitched and three or fewer runs allowed. He left the game trailing 2-1, to one, but the Mariners beat the Giants 6-5, to five, so another no decision for Brian but a solid outing. His ERA dropped to 4.08. His next start is Saturday in Houston against the Astros. McGee's Bar and Grill on Park has been showing Brian's starts, and they expect to do it again on Saturday. Game time is 4.15. Here on the island, we've got another sports success story. The Alameda Wolves of the Women's Premier Basketball Association sit atop their league with a 5-0 record after a 30-point blowout against the Hayward Rain. This Saturday, the Wolves take the court at 4-30 against the 3-2 Bay City Blaze. The game is at the Alameda Point gym. Find a recap and complete league standings at alamedapost.com slash features. As always, lots of cool stuff going out on Alameda Point. Faction Brewing is super busy. Friday night, check out Comedy with Laughs on Tap. Saturday from noon to 6, it's Rock Art by the Bay with the Rock Poster Society, celebrating the art form of the rock and roll poster. Saturday from 11 to 6, it's the Saison Latin Food Festival. The Post's Walking History Tours are on a bit of a break. They resume Sunday, July 16th, exploring the Fernside around Tregoland Court. Details on all the upcoming tours at alamedapost.com tours. While you're waiting for the next tour, check out Dennis Evanosky's article recounting the infamous 1903 locomotive explosion by Kroll's Hotel, which we now know as the 1400, at the corner of Webster and Central. Miraculously, there was no loss of life, although it was a literal rude awakening for famed boxer, Gentleman Jim Corbett. AlamedaPost.com slash history. AlamedaPost.com slash events, your source for happenings all across the island. After a day off for Independence Day, the Alameda Farmer's Market is back Saturday from 9 until 1. The strawberries have been absolutely amazing lately. The second Saturday of the month means coastal cleanup time at Waterfront Park. Bring gloves in a bucket and join community action for a sustainable Alameda from 10 until noon, and then head over to the Rake at Admiral Maltings to toast your success. From 1 to 3 on Saturday, head to Rhythmic's Cultural Works for the opening of Making Lemonade, an exhibit focused on transforming ordinary ideas and materials into extraordinary works of art. And if that inspires you, head over to the Frank Bet Center for their art supply sale of new and gently used art supplies, 11 to 5, on Saturday. Thank you for supporting local news for Alameda. Join us as a member, alamedapost.com slash memberships. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Mastodon, as well as our own subreddit. Find the Postcast wherever you get your podcasts, or simply tell your smart device to play the Alameda Postcast podcast. I'm Scott Peeler. I'll be back next Friday with episode 61 of the Alameda Postcast.